0: Hey, it's that time again. Another week has already passed. Welcome to episode 19 of the Hockey Free for All podcast. I am your host, Steven Stiles. Starting with what's looking like some serious inconsistency in organizational targeting coming out of the NHL's Department of Safety, I seriously question the suspensions that have been given to Yarav and Josh Anderson, especially with what's transpired in some of the other games this year. If those games that they played warranted two game suspensions, I'm surprised there hasn't been a fair amount of five and ten game suspensions to other players. You cannot blame in the case of Yuri Slavkowski because he's 6'4 and 238 pounds. That is not something he can be blamed for. He physically grew into that stature and will continue to grow as he's only 18 years old. That is not a punishable offense. He didn't hurt the player with any intention. That is not a penalty or a suspension on Uriah Slavkowski and Anderson's call and penalty as well as two suspension is just as questionable. If you wrap that up along with the fact that NHL officials clearly haven't liked Brendan Gallagher for several seasons, kind of makes you wonder about some specific organizational targeting there, which would be highly unethical if something like that existed. So I would think that maybe Montreal ownership might be having a chat with league officials going, hey, what's going on here? Are we getting specifically targeted or what? That would seem highly unprofessional. So I would give the benefit of a doubt that nobody's doing that, but it's starting to kind of paint a picture that might make you jump to that conclusion to say the least moving on to player movement unfortunately the Montreal Canadiens had to demote or send down Rem Picklick to the AHL and I understand that I get it it's probably a contract issue it's easier to digest his 1.1 million dollar contract versus the 5 million dollar contracts plus of the Jonathan Druans of the Evgeny Donatovs along with four and a half million for Mike Hoffman and three point $4 $4 million for Joel Armia. Nevertheless, they have been nothing short of horrendous, to say the least, although in the last two games, Mike Hoffman has scored three goals. Great, good to see, but need to see a lot more consistency before that becomes exciting, to say the least. In addition to that, Rem Picklick is a more versatile forward. And another player that's been affected by the amount of forwards has been Michael Pozzetta And though they have lower contracts, I still think they should be on the roster personally. I think they provide the roster greater flexibility and I think they provide a greater skill than any of those other players available. I'm wondering if it wouldn't be possible to bury the contracts of Duran, Donatov, Hoffman, and Armia in the AHL. And not even necessarily with the Laval Rockets because you obviously don't want them to have any poor or negative impact on any of the players or prospects coming up. Not to say they would, but if for some reason they felt insulted by the fact of being... Being sent down, that could carry over into a attitude that could bleed over into other players. Perhaps maybe loaning them, if that's possible, to a European club, and I'm not even sure that is based on the collective bargaining agreement of the NHL players and the NHL, but if it is, that might be a consideration. Or if you're going to send them down to the AHL, maybe there's a team decimated in injuries that might need some players loaned to them, maybe that's a way to bury their contracts. Not saying obviously the contracts won't count against the team's cap. Obviously they still would, but at least it would get them off the roster and allow players to obtain the spots that they've earned or deserved that could contribute more to the nhl canadians roster one of the things i'm really looking forward to is the trade deadline between now and then i know montreal is obviously trying to move these players but it will be truly a relief to the roster when these players either at this point if they're traded or even just when their contracts end and they end up with nothing for them these are just some players that have not worked out in montreal for whatever reason whether it's been injuries whether it's been combinations of line mates whether it's been the city itself although it's a fantastic city in an unlimited amount of different ways it just has not worked out for those players and they just have not fit into the puzzle for whatever reason two other players that I would love to see added to this list of potential players to move on would be Josh Anderson and Christian Dvorak and I know there's a lot of supporters for both of those but other than the game Josh Anderson scored the goal in overtime and and the game in which Christian Dvorak had a hat trick, they've been pretty much ghosts and invisible as well. So the difference with these two players is I think they could fetch Montreal first-round picks. One team that comes to mind for Josh Anderson is the Detroit Red Wings. The Detroit Red Wings are doing better than even they anticipated, are adding players to their team for specific needs, and Josh Anderson, I think, could be a really good fit for the Detroit Red Wings, who also just happen to have just enough cap space to fit his contract into their payroll without creating any problems as for Christian Dvorak rumors have it he wasn't very happy being traded east because he had just built a new home in Arizona so I'm betting if they could unload him to a western league team such as the Anaheim Mighty Ducks who have a tremendous amount of cap space maybe there could be a potential trade there as well and who knows maybe you sweeten that pot with the addition of Justin Baran included in that so you have an immediate Immediate roster spot and need taken care of in Dvorak and you have a future roster spot and prospect for Anaheim which might entice them more with the deal. I know a lot of people might be saying how could you include Justin Baran. There was still an attitude coming out of training camp with him that just concerned me a little bit. Kind of this almost like I'm entitled to a roster spot position and he wasn't. He didn't play well enough. That's a problem. You, you don't just get a roster spot because of any random reason. You earn them and he honestly did not earn a roster spot coming out of training camp. And that perspective or attitude of entitlement bothers me a little bit. I think Montreal is trying to get rid of that. I think they've dealt with that in other players in past management groups and past rosters and don't want that to be any part of rosters moving forward. A continuing surprise this season has been the very apparent offensive leaders being Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. They've taken the leadership roles and have just ran with it. The only concern I have with... With their line is the changes that have not yet settled down regarding Kirby Doc, Sean Monahan, and others. I would have thought, based on how the players have played this year, that the number one, two, and three centers in order would have been Nick Suzuki, Kirby Doc, and Sean Monahan. That being said, maybe Monahan stays on the left wing with Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. Maybe the organization was concerned of how he would respond to the physical demands of. A Center, but he seems to be playing great and is much more of a player than I think they expected, which has been great to see. And Kirby Doc, being that they acquired him because they needed a clear number two center, he's played really well with Caulfield and Suzuki. So you can't argue him being put on the wing. That being said, I don't want to see this become another Alex Galchenyuk. I don't want to see this become another was cock and Yemi a center? Is he a winger? Doc is a center, and I and I hope this is just a temporary thing. Maybe it's easing him into the transition, the lineup, making things a little bit easier. Often people say it's easier to play wing than it is to play center. So maybe it's a confidence builder and things like that. If it's all of that and it's only temporary, great. Because I would really love to see him come into his own, flourish as a center, and quite honestly, be the big six foot four, 200 plus pound center that they've been looking for literally since the 70s. The last time the Montreal Canadiens had the number one pick overall, of course, was was Doug Wickenheiser, center, 6'4", 200 pounds plus out of Regina, out of the Western Hockey League, that was the role they were looking for him to fill and unfortunately that didn't happen. So this has been something they've been looking for for a long time, soon to be 43 years and counting. So hopefully the Montreal Canadiens will settle him in at center in the near future. I know a lot of people it's like, oh, but let's not break up Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki and Kirby Doc." I think the Montreal Canadiens can find another winger for that line and not cause Kirby Doc to transition between different positions on the team, potentially affecting his development. I'm hoping to see at some point this season and sooner hopefully rather than later, but if it takes up to the trade deadline, it takes up to the trade deadline. I'm just hoping it doesn't. I would love to see line combinations of Brendan Gallagher, Sean Monaghan, and Jake Evans. I think they would make a great line, both from the fact that Monahan and Evans work out together and are friends. They both obviously know with... Jay- Evans being a teammate of Brendan Gallagher and Sean Monahan has met Brendan Gallagher in the past at other events I think there's a natural chemistry there and I think that could make a really good line beyond that I would love to see once the Druans Donados Hoffmans and Armias are gone I would love to see maybe Jesse Yolanan and Raphael Harvey Pinard called up and I would love to see lines for Kirby Doc and Nick Suzuki from those players I would love to see Raphael Harvey Pinard called up make him the left winger on Suzuki's line I would love to see Jesse Yolanan along with maybe Anthony Richards called up make those the wingers for Kirby Dock with the number two line and then finally on the fourth line the fourth line could be really interesting I would love to see that centered by Rem Pitlick I'd like to see the left winger be Michael Pozzetta and this is going to be a really odd choice for some for a right winger but Chris Weidman when he's not playing defense just to be able to keep an extra defenseman in the lineup he's very small in stature he's quick he's a I think he could convert to a right wing on the nights he's not playing defense and I think it would give Montreal if you will a safety net of always having an extra defenseman in the lineup or you can call up someone else to play right wing from Laval, but I think Weidman could find some extra time there and transition between those two positions on different nights very easily because after all literally the contract he signed this offseason was not only to hold a place for a pending younger player but also to provide the Canadians some offense on the power play. So I think he has the skills necessary to play right wing. Defensively, additionally, the three rookies on defense are playing well that nobody thought had a chance to legitimately make the team. Jordan Harris, Arbor Jacki, and Caden Gooley are continuing their exceptional play, or at least playing well beyond the status of a rookie in the league this year. It looks like the Gooley and Savard combination remains a fantastic, solid combination. I said the moment Jordan... Joel Edmondson came back, would make a great defensive partner for Arbor Jackeye, And maybe you could platoon Joel Edmondson and Jonathan kovasevic as Arbor Jackye's line mates. That way you kind of give Joel Armie a little bit of a rest from time to time, potentially, hopefully preventing his back from having any other injuries. And then finally with Jordan Harris, you can have Jordan Harris's defensive partners could be Chris Weidman. They could be Jonathan kovasevic They could be Mike Matheson. When Mike Matheson comes back, and you move Jordan Harris to the right side because Harris can play both right and left defense as we've previously discussed in other episodes. So Harris and Matheson would be a great skating combination. They're both very gifted skating wise. They're both very fluid. They're both excellent in the transition game. That could make a really exciting one, two, three pairing of Savard, Gooley, Edmondson slash Kovacevic with Arbor Jacki, and Jordan Harris and Mike Matheson. Now let's take a trip around the NHL and talk about both some positives and negatives that have already occurred this year. Looks like the Vegas Golden Knights and the Boston Bruins are the class of the NHL with both former Boston coaches in Bruce Cassidy in Las Vegas and Jim Montgomery in Boston. Look to have their teams on point, ready to go, firing on all cylinders and have had a fantastic start to the season as has the New Jersey Devils. The New Jersey Devils had a just brutal first couple of weeks of the season and have settled down to become a very very consistent quality team they look like they have a lot of things moving in the right direction for them I would say one concern for them that they might have is goaltending with some injuries that have occurred but the New Jersey Devils look like they're off to a solid beginning to the season which must have a lot of people excited and conversely unfortunately the Ottawa Senators look like maybe there's a little bit more to that adjustment of all the new faces that have come into the organization this year I don't think anybody should be pushing a panic button and talking about firing a gm or a coach or anybody else i think that would be insane to do their coaching staff is an excellent coaching staff and works with players very well i I think their coaching staff is the perfect coaching staff for the team that they have in the mix of veterans and rookies that they have I, i think their coaching staff has a firm understanding of their players abilities line combinations i don't think there's any need to move that coaching staff or fire any members of that coaching staff st louis on the other hand very unexpectedly are on an eight game losing streak and that probably has a lot of people concerned but still is that a beginning of the year injury related problem lying chemistries and things like that or is it a message to stop being heard by the players from their coach to be determined but that has a lot of people surprised as st louis is usually a perennial division leading division winning team the columbus blue jackets seem to have not changed much as there's their Currently sitting in 32nd spot, and they seem to be having a lot of problems in Columbus, as far as not only offensive production, goals being scored upon them from other teams, injuries. There just seems to be a lot of inconsistencies there, which is unfortunate. I'm betting Johnny Goudreau probably wasn't expecting that type of situation as he headed to Columbus this off season, Surprisingly, another team of surprise has been the Philadelphia Flyers. John Tortorella's message has obviously already gotten very clearly through to the players. They They look like a completely different team this year. I'm a huge fan of John Tortorella. Is he the most compassionate, kindest person? One could argue those points, but I think the man knows how to coach. I think he knows how to bring skills out of people. He's one of my favorite coaches and has always been one of my favorite coaches in the NHL. Is he a throwback to the more disciplinarian days? Could be argued that he might be, but I think he was a hell of a choice by the Philadelphia Flyers, and I think we will write that ship as people like to say and get people playing to their full potential showing what that organization is actually very capable of doing I think they were not nearly as bad as they were last year and I'm not hanging that all on the previous coach I just think John Tortorella has an ability to bring skills and expectations out of players maybe in a lot of different ways than other coaches would have but it's extremely effective and I wish John Tortorella and the Flyers all the best of luck this year because it's been too long since the Philadelphia Flyers have been a prominent team in the league. They've always been one of the major faces of the league, and I think they need to get back to that. Of course, in Edmonton, it's been the Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl show. Those two seem to be in a class by themselves and seem to be able to win games single-handedly for the team as they continue to do. Calgary's had a bit of a trip at the beginning of the season. It just looks like effort is definitely not the problem, but line chemistry and consistency seem to be their problem. There's been some that say, let's make a trade let's shake the roster up but unfortunately with the contracts that they gave out and doled out over the season they don't have a lot of cap room flexibility and teams that generally are making trades are probably trying to get rid of cap on their team payroll versus inheriting more cap on their team payroll or more money on their team payroll cap tampa florida and toronto look like they're finally getting it going each team has had their own issues this year undoubtedly though a lot of people obviously in montreal would love to see Florida have not so great of a year if not a really bad year obviously as the Canadians have their first round pick in this year's draft and with that said I'm your host Stephen Stiles thanks again for tuning into episode 19 of the Hockey Free For All podcast I look forward to talking to you next week have a great week